0: In Ukraine, as we watch, and welcome back, I'm Marlene Bynum here for Jeff MacArthur. We're going to talk about the war in Ukraine. We're watching Reaction and how these sanctions are really cranking things up. I want to talk about what kind of effect they have and also where we are in this uh, in, In incredibly horrible situation that seems to be tightening every day. Do you know, governments around the world have kicked out now 120 Russian intelligence officers. And that started as just after the invasion. And now we're hearing about sanctioning these, these diplomats and expelling some of the diplomats and also sanctioning oligarchs. And everyone who is trying to analyze the effect of what this would do to Vladimir Putin and the ability for Russia to continue with the onslaught in Ukraine says, do it more. His, his grown daughters have been sanctioned. And the EU joining with the United States with more sanctions, banning Russian coal... It continues. Let's talk about it. Walter Dorn is a professor of defense studies, Royal Military College chair, Department of Security and International Affairs, Canadian Forces College. Welcome, Walter Dorn. Good afternoon.
1: Good afternoon, Arlene.
0: Where are we here? We're seeing the sanctions tighten, and every time we think, okay, do they have any more gas in the tank left to affect Vladimir Putin in this economic part of this war, they seem to have something else. As I mentioned, as you know, we have the EU getting together with the United States, banning Russian coal, the EU, and and more sanctions. Um, And hopefully this is having some effect on Vladimir Putin. Walter, if you had to assess where we are right now... What would you say?
1: Uh, these are the strongest sanctions that have been implemented on a major economy since World War II. So it's, it's a remarkable achievement that the international community has come together on this, um, mostly under the leadership of the United States, but with strong urging from the, from Ukraine, particularly Ukrainian president uh, Volodymyr Zelensky. Um, we we, we, we find new ways of posing sanctions and there still needs to be some room for action if further sanctions are needed. So um, it's going to be a very creative process as Russia continues its violations of international law, its atrocities in Ukraine, and uh, tries to evade sanctions. So I think a lot of the um, game to come is about catching those who are uh, of busting the sanctions and also the international community will have to have some something in reserve as you say where you keep on tightening them how how tight can you make them well we always need a reserve of one more threat that if russia takes a certain action that we would see uh the sanctions further tighten so it's it's uh, hard to know how much further they can go but um you have to say that it's a lot of progress thus far
0: Let's talk about the conflict itself. There is a sense and certainly from people that I've been interviewing that we're starting to question, we're starting to ask uh, alarming questions in our mind what needs to happen here. Is it about negotiation that was that was kind of on the table in the beginning and now we're asking how can we negotiate after this? after Mm -hmm. the pictures and the horror and all the things we're seeing and the targeting of civilians, it's not an accident. Then it gets labeled a war crime, and now we see it may be part of Vladimir Putin's plan. What's a loss here for Vladimir Putin mean, and what does it mean for NATO? Are we getting a little closer here, Walter, where we realize that unless he loses this, NATO still is going to have some big questions ahead of it?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we we know that this war will have to end in some form of negotiation. Uh, the stronger the sanctions, the greater the negotiating power of Ukraine at the at the uh, bargaining table, and the more uh, capacity it has in the ba- on the battlefield, then the greater the power at the negotiating table. So, providing Ukraine with more weapons is uh, is key. Um, I would call it the arsenal of democracy uh, mm-hmm. for those nations which are giving uh, Ukraine weapons, including Canada, that can help it fight uh, to prevent further aggression on the battlefield. The issue of these war crimes, they, they will make a big difference in the negotiations. And um, I think there has to be a demand by Ukraine that uh, war criminals be held accountable and uh, that, that these be turned over. To the International Criminal Court for those the people who have been indicted by the ICC, and um, that Russia conduct its own investigations. And of course, we we, can't, we can hardly um, have a confidence that they will they will do so in an objective fashion. But there may be some mechanism by which we can bring individual Russian soldiers who committed the atrocities, like we saw in Bucha over the last couple of days, we can bring them to account. Uh, through some sort of international mechanism, but that will be all open to negotiation, and it will depend a lot on what happens in the battlefield in the next few weeks. It is. We're
0: watching this. The former U.S. ambassador Michael McFall has just said, "A loss for Putin here in Ukraine will mean conflict with NATO less likely." Would you agree?
1: Um. I think NATO has to be very careful that it doesn't uh, come into direct conflict with Russia because this could escalate to nuclear war, which uh, we would want to avoid. The, um, the Cold War, we managed to avoid direct confrontation with the Soviet Union for over 40 years in all these tense moments. So I, I wouldn't want to see that lost. Um, and I think that if, if we allowed Russia to acquire vast territories inside Ukraine, then Russia would be emboldened. And in the end, mm-hmm. it could mean a conflict with with NATO. So uh, I, I I agree with the sentiment in that uh, in the statement, but I think it's a little bit more nuanced that we really do have to avoid a direct confrontation with Russia.
0: We do. And, you know, twisting and turning, all NATO leaders, and certainly President Biden, and there's been the words, de-escalate. And then there's a sense, as we watch Vladimir Putin, and you just said something, I want to go back to it very quickly, finally, as you said, as we watch what happens on the battlefield. What are you watching?
1: Well, the battlefield is shifting. Russia's initial campaign to take Kiev, the capital, has failed. And it couldn't even capture Kharkiv, which is just, uh, 30 kilometers from the Russian border. There were very brave defenders in Kharkiv who, who stand, uh, withstood the attack. And so Russia now has to concentrate on the east and the south. That is the Donbass region with the two oblasts of Luhansk and Donetsk. And then the south, which they want to have a land link between a Crimea, which they, they've illegally occupied since 2014, and uh, mainland Russia. So there, it's pretty obvious from the strategic calculations that, that Russia will try and, uh, and and have lesser objectives, but ones that they can actually achieve militarily on the battlefield. And the Ukrainians will prevent them from trying to have that achievement of taking the entire Donbass and solidifying their control of the land link. And so far, Mariupol, through tremendous courage and uh, in. in times of, of true desperation they've still held out against the russian advance in mariupol that uh, city that uh, that's in the center of that land link that russia wants so much
0: walter dorn thank you for joining us professor defense studies royal military college chair department of security and international affairs canadian forces college thank you walter dorn
1: take care thank you for having me bye Arlene.
0: All right. There he goes. You know, everybody has a different way of looking at it. But every day, the layers and layers uh, come out. We're going to take a break when we return. Branding, Russia, and a letter from the alphabet. We're going to learn more after this. For Jeff MacArthur, I'm Arlene Bynum. Don't go away.